You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Welcome back to another episode of the Shice Podcast. My guest today is the host of Welcome to Vangerville. He's literally my brother from another mother, and he's the president of the Gavin Newsom fan club, Chris Vanger. All right, we're recording, man. Welcome back. All right, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Well, so this is so nice. This is nice. Better. Yeah. So what's been going on with your show, man? With Welcome to Vangerville? Yeah. It's just a hiatus. On hiatus, the creative block, <laughs> creative block, and um, yeah, it'll come back. I, I think just I, I felt like I needed a break. I get it. It's a lot of work. I feel like the last semester I took, I could have done better, um, and I was trying to fit the show in and and stuff. And so maybe that is something to do with it because I want to get good grades. Who knows? I have a create on hiatus, creative block. That's what that's what they're writing. All right. Are you, you're going to go back to it? Are you, do you still like play Madden or anything on it or no? You know what? I do play a lot of Madden, um, but I'm not streaming. I haven't been streaming. The only time I really play Madden is in the middle of the night. Um, and like after I get off work and Jennifer sleeping and I come in and I, you know, get my competitive bug out by, by grinding on Madden. It's so fun and relaxing. Um, and I'm trying to like prepare for, these tournaments they have every couple months with all the good players where it's like you take a Saturday and play six games against all these players and you're building your old Madden ultimate team. And so I'm still trying to do that. And I probably should be streaming that because uh, there would be someone that would think it was interesting, but I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're set up to play in the office, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easy. Super easy. I could just stream it every time. Um, I guess I'm just, you know, what's so funny is it's, I'm, it's hard because I'm built, you build your team. Have you ever played Madden Ultimate Team? I know what it is, but I never played it. No. Yeah. So every week, based on what's happening in the NFL season, along with the contracts that EA has, they're releasing players that you can buy on their auction market in packs, just like all these other things and you want to build your team and the best players in Madden, the pros have the best teams, right? So when you play them, and a lot of kids have spent a lot of money or grinded on the game and have the best players and they're juiced up the most. And so when you're playing in the Madden old team, it's hard. And uh, I get so mad and I get, and I don't know. And it's probably good TV. I get so upset. Like, slap myself in the face if I like make a mistake like pretty hard and and I it would probably be good content and I guess maybe I'm just not comfortable showing that side also it's like late at night when I'm usually playing and Jennifer's in this room sleeping so maybe if I had my own office to where I could be as loud as I wanted during it I would do that but I should do it and I have no excuse why I don't so there you go <laughs> I mean I know the Madden rage pretty well it's been a while I, I mean that's one of the reasons I stopped playing in general yeah. I'm just like i shouldn't be this upset over making like a stupid error in madden but 
I'm many just... many of my controllers have been thrown across the room and obliterated. Yeah, I I did some bad in rage. I understand. It, there, it there's no other rage like it, and I'm still <laughs> enjoying the game so much. Um, but I'm I'm it's hard. This this year is hard, and to try and keep up with the other kids that are playing and building their teams because the way they do the tournaments are these teams. That's how they make money, right? So when you play in the tournament, you're definitely playing the dude. Every game you play, the kids got the best cards and the best teams. And so uh, it's it's really hard and I enjoy it and very competitive, but I'm, I might be just getting too old. I don't have enough time to grind on the game. Yeah. Do you win anything know. in the tournaments? What? Do you win anything from the tournaments? Yeah, you win money. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a whole like championship series where they're, they'll do probably about, they've done one already. They'll probably do four or five and you could win probably 50,000 in each one or place. And I'm really just looking to get good and win games because that's really the only way I think you can kind of build a following in that realm is to win. You know, like I could be a streamer, but when I play, I'm usually just focused on the game and wanting to win. And I'd much rather be a, a, a stream that's like, oh, this kid's winning as opposed to like, oh, let's watch him because he gets super upset. But I guess I'll take both. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be a streamer, you got to have something. And if your thing is mad and rage, then but you don't know, that's your thing. <laughs> it's so funny. The the Madden channels that are successful um, are either a a kid is showing you how to do something good. So a lot of the kids you play online are just looking at YouTube what plays work, and then yeah. they're just trying to execute those plays from the pros. I don't like watching those videos, but every kid is running the same formation. They always run this bunch formation. They're running the same plays. So I like it because I'm able to practice against it. It's just hard to defend if you don't have A, the right players, and B, there's these also these strategy cards that you need that give attributes to different positions. And there's certain ones that are so hard to get, so expensive, and I don't have them yet. And so I'm playing kids that probably do have them. So every game is an uphill battle and I'm in the games. Uh, which makes me think I can play. If I if I give, give me this kid's team, I feel like I'd be right there. But I also don't put time into like creating an offensive scheme. Like I run the defenses that I've run for years that work for me, and I like work in the the middle of the field with the middle linebacker. Uh, and so I just play that way, and I just love playing. And I win here and there. And in the tournaments, I win a couple games. Um, and the games I lose are super close. So I'm super frustrated because I'm like right there. So. Well, since we're talking about Madden, we might as well talk about football. Yeah, of course. How you liking the 49ers start so far? Oh um, man, I love the start with 2-0. There's only what, seven teams that are 2-0. Um, and I think that considering all the injuries we've had at the running back position, we want to run the ball all the time and we can't seem to keep a running back healthy and who knows who's going to play running back this weekend but i think he's going to have a good game whoever it is just because of the running schemes and i think that's the way you beat the packers and that's the way we've beaten the packers in the past it's a big sunday night football game our home opener and uh, aaron Rodgers coming off a big win they looked great against detroit but it was detroit they didn't look that great in the first half uh so I'm, I'm really excited for Sunday Night Football, and I think we win that game, and I think it's a good game. Um, and yeah, I think moving forward, 
we just need to stay healthy. We lost our starting corner and our left uh, outside linebacker game one. And both of those guys were crucial to the victory. So uh, that hurts. And I think in the NFL, it's just attrition and we'll see how it goes. Fuck. Yeah. And did Mosley come back from his concussion or whatever it was that kept him out? Maybe. I feel like there's a chance he could play because we need him because yeah. we're rocking Josh Norman is going to be playing some meaningful t- minutes for us. He's a good veteran, but I mean, he's going to he's going to lose against Devonta Adams more often than not. No, even, even I know. And good. we are relying on our line and our front seven to get to the quarterback. That's another way you beat the Packers is getting Rodgers on his back. So Nick Bosa looks fantastic, uh, which is really nice coming off the injury he had. Uh, Fred Warner looks great. Uh, D Ford is playing. We, we're getting our front seven is good. You still can't run on us, um, but you can throw if you have the time and your line protects because our corners are weak. So I feel like the four, the game this weekend is going to be a high scoring game uh, and a good game. And I think the 49ers come out on top. They could definitely win that game. Philly, I think, is probably better than Detroit by a decent margin. Like, their front seven is really good in Philadelphia. Yeah, Brandon Graham going down, right? Isn't Brandon yeah. Graham their D-end or D-tackle? Uh, he's, yeah, I think he's, like, their key, like, outside linebacker. Yeah, he, going him going down hurts them. They yeah. played a great game one against Atlanta. They shut down Atlanta, and I didn't think Atlanta was that bad. And I thought more Philly was that good. And then coming into this Philly game, I knew it was going to be a, a battle, a tough game, because I believe in Philly's defense this year. And I knew the 49ers were going to come and play. And it was a good game. And we came out on top. And the Eagles kind of were controlling that game in the first half. They had a long touchdown called back where Rager stepped out of bounds on his way to get the ball by like a step, like an inch. And they called it back, but he beat the corner, our rookie corner. And they could have won that game. So they're pretty good. I think they win Monday night against Dallas, even though all the experts are picking Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, I picked to beat the Chargers. So that was like, I just felt that their game against Tampa had given them the confidence they needed to go out there and like play the way that they know they can. And the Chargers hung in there and the Chargers are pretty good too. So yeah, and again, I think that game also, football is so one thing turns it one way and there's this new taunting rule yeah that is shifting games i sent out a tweet the other day i was going to like sometimes i'm so passionate about certain things happen in the nfl that i'm like oh i'm gonna just tweet it out i didn't tweet out but what i was gonna say was i feel like this taunting was ruining the game and i don't understand what the purpose of it is i realize that you don't want to start a brawl but like it's like you're telling nba players you can't trash talk and I think that there's an emotional element in football that you sometimes can't control a lot of your emotions. And I like when I see a guy get up and kind of talk in his face. Like, if you don't want him to do that, play better. Like, it's a fucking National Football League. So in that game, I know there was a taunting penalty. I know there were some other penalties that really shifted or went Dallas's way. And yeah, Dallas ran for what, 200 yards on that defense. There's a new defensive coordinator, a new head coach. So their defense isn't as good as it was. And you're kind of relying on Herbert. But I feel like the penalties kind of shifted that game. But Dallas deserved to win. That's a big road win in SoFi. Yeah, I mean, Dallas's defense has played surprisingly well in the first two games for a young group that yeah. 
you know, has a lot of pressure on them after Dallas has missed the playoffs two years in a row when they're basically considered Super Bowl favorites. Or not, yeah, maybe not favorites. Roster. Yeah, exactly. Their roster is so good. Every season that starts, it's like... I hate their coach. head coach. <laughs> I mean, I don't like their head coach or their owner, but, you know, I think... Yeah, you know, exactly. Shit well, slides yeah. downhill. I mean, that head coach is a Super Bowl winner, uh, but you could say because of Aaron Rodgers. But he was there. He, he's got a ring. So... You know, Dallas is good. I think who do they they play Philly? That's a fantastic Monday night game that I can't wait for. I love watching Hertz play. Um, and I think that what Dallas there's 50-50 split carries with Elliott and Pollard, it seems like. And Pollard looks better. He he does. And like I was trying to get into this with like another friend that I have on Twitter who's talking about the Cowboys football and he was just like, yeah, Pollard is like, he's a better pass catcher out of the backfield. And he's like, he's better than Elliot. I'm like, man, it's so hard to like say that. Like Ezekiel Elliott's put up like three seasons in a row where he's had more than 50 catches. Like two years ago, he had 70 something. Like, mm-hmm. so to say that Pollard comes in and who's got like 50 catches in his career is a better pass catcher. I'm just like, based on what exactly based on the fact that like, he's been effective in these certain positions. I was like, you have to think about what the defense looks at though. It's like, they're keying Ezekiel Elliott when he's in the game because Mm -hmm. they they fear him in a way that they don't fear Pollard so Pollard comes into the game and all of a sudden the defense is shifting to like pass protection or uh you know pass defense yeah and he's able to gash them for these big plays like on a a draw play or a a little kick out on the third down and get him in open space but yes he does look very good he played just really well yeah he looks like he has more of a burst and i know elliot a lot of his running is kind of like he picks a spot and he shoots through it and he's still big and he looks pretty good also considering his last couple years so if they can keep both those guys healthy i think it keeps both of those guys healthy um because i don't think you can give the ball to elliot 21 times anymore um but but maybe that well do you know how many carries he had last week uh yeah i think he had 15 yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20. I'm not looking at it. 15 and 16. Right I just don't – I think the old Cowboys, I remember, wanted to pound it to him 20 to 25 times. I don't know if he can do that anymore. Uh, they're good. That's going to be a great game. I just think Philly – I mean, maybe the injury to Brandon Graham hurts him. I, I just – I'm probably going to pick Philly in that game. Yeah, I think Dallas has more offensive weapons, but Jalen is going to be the X factor. I mean, he, like Philly was losing to you guys, but he kept them in it. He keeps he and that's what he does. It's weird. It's this new NFL quarterback that maybe isn't as accurate, but and it's kind of like a Josh Allen mold because Josh Allen didn't used to be as accurate as he is now. He hasn't been as accurate this season. It's because <laughs> you you took him from me and he's, I jinxed him. he's yeah, now I jinxed he's him. now cursed your team. I jinxed him. He's cursed all my teams. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it, but I was going to say about this quarterback, like Daniel Jones kind of comes to mind. Like you watch Daniel Jones play and he, he was making mistakes and kind of like Allen, but then they get to this point. How many yards did Daniel Jones have rushing? 95. Yeah. Haven't we also seen him run like a 90 yard touchdown last year? Didn't he have one called back this year? It's like, or in that last game, it's it's like this new quarterback that's big and can run. And even you don't have to be big. Murray isn't big. I am scared for Murray every time he runs. I know it's an effective way of football. He looked like this last year. Can you sustain that type of playing all the way till the end with an extra week nonetheless? 
Well, we saw look at what Lamar did to the Chiefs. Like mm-hmm. they were they were down in that game, and then at a certain point in the second half, they were just like, "We're not scared of the Kansas City defense in the run game anymore," and they just started running the ball on them basically every yeah. play, and they took the game away from them. They demoralized them. They started to control the clock. They put it in a position where it was a one possession game, even though the Chiefs were basically up two scores, like third quarter. They got it back to a one possession game and then Mahomes tried to make that one play happen and Mm -hmm. he got hit from behind and threw a pick like he just needs to go down there or run but he tried to extend the play and got hit got picked off and you know then the Alaire fumble so they're having a little bit of trouble uh but you always I feel like the team that loses the Super Bowl does like it just happens the Chiefs could be 0-2 they didn't play that well against Cleveland they had to fucking ride out a 70-yard teeter to Hill and get Kelsey to score th- two or three. That's how they win. But you th- know Andy Reid wants to be more Chiefs football and not having to be in these battles. Every single one of the Chiefs games are going to be battles this year. I think this weekend they played the Chargers in Kansas City. Obviously, the easy pick would be pick the Chiefs, a 10 a.m. start, West Coast team. I just think this Chargers, and I think Chargers defense kind of weak, so you probably got to pick the Chiefs, and they probably bounce back. Andy Reid usually does bounce back. But Herbert's going to keep him in it, and that Chargers team plays well in Kansas City, and it's going to be another battle. And then they got the Raiders in that division as well, who have up and looked fantastic. I think the Raiders are a good team. They are. Um, Their defense has looked really good. It's so It's the defensive coordinator that really does it. You can have the best – every team – has amazing athletes on their defense but it's really the defensive coordinator and the raiders uh fired their defensive coordinator i believe at the end of last season and they hired gus bradley who you know gus bradley right yep do you think gus bradley's a good defensive coordinator i mean it's looking that way right now well didn't he bring the seahawks (laughs) wasn't he the defensive coordinator on that staff when the legion of boom he was was it he was part of the defensive staff, but Dan Quinn was the defensive. Dan Quinn, was, but he, but you have to assume if he's on Dan Quinn's staff, he's taking what he learned from Dan Quinn and applying it. And it, the Raiders' defense is pretty darn good. Is the Steelers' offense that bad, or is the Raiders' defense that good? A little bit of both. Well, I think like the Bills' defense is pretty good, and you saw it in the first half against the Steelers. They mm-hmm. they shut them out, and the, that game was ten six Buffalo in the fourth quarter, and the Bills blew it because they just they, they called a poor game. Mm-hmm. It happened, whatever. That's the pass. But the Steelers were able to score twenty unanswered in that game and go up twenty to ten at one point. So I think you know when you look at Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool and Najee Harris, like the Steelers definitely have offensive weaponry. It's just that they rebuilt their offensive line. They they lost a couple guys yep. to retirement. Right. They lost some guys to free agency. So there this isn't the dominant Steelers line from like 3 years ago before all of the Le'Veon Bell drama started. Right. Um so, yeah, I think the Steelers are definitely a capable offense and the Raiders probably a little bit under the radar in terms of defense because you look at how the Baltimore game went and it's like, yeah, they gave up a lot of points there, but they also like forced Lamar into two fumbles and they ended up, you know, winning the game. So they ended up winning the game. So I think, you know, they're just a young defense that's getting better, but I think we've seen that they have talent and they have 
hunger because it's like the biggest thing missing from the Raiders is that their defense has never been able to like stick with them. Like they built the offense out for Carr. They went and got Waller. They got Jacobs. I mean, they lost a bunch of receiving weapons since Amari Cooper left, but there's still a team that's designed to like have a good offense. So now they just need the defense to be not a bottom five defense over the course of the season and the Raiders. And I think it's, games. and I think it's, yeah, I think it's not a bottom five defense. I think they're a great defensive fantasy stream this week against Miami in yep. Vegas with who's playing quarterback for Miami. Is it Brissett? Yeah, Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett. And I, I think Miami's going to have trouble moving the ball. Miami couldn't move the ball at all versus Buffalo, right? I mean, Brissett, I think he was like 21 of 40 something. And like, they so. score, though, right? Wasn't it a shutout? They could have kicked the field goal at the end of the game and chose not to, but yes, it was a shutout. Um, I think I remember watching that game because I had the Miami Dolphins kicker, and there were multiple moments in that game where I'm like, you guys should kick the field goal right here. Like, you're down 14 nothing, get some points on the board, and they went for it and didn't get it. And I thought Brian Flores was a better coach than that, uh, but they went, kept going for it, and they ended up losing 35 nothing. I think they lose something similar to that this weekend. Yeah, he called a weird game because they came out and went three and out on the first drive of the game. Then the second drive of the game, it's 7 nothing Buffalo, and Miami has the ball at, I want to say, it's like right around midfield. It's either Bills 48 or their own 48, fourth and two, and they go for it, and that's yeah. the play that gets Tua injured. Yeah. And it's like, it's 7 nothing. Like, just punt the ball. Like, your defense has played pretty well. I mean, yeah, you got cracked for a 46-yard run, but – it's only the second possession of the game. Like, just play defense. That, the fact that they wouldn't punt there and it resulted in your quarterback getting hurt, it's like that kind of just like threw that whole game into the blender. I think you're absolutely right. I think they see who's on the other side of the field. They've seen what that guy has done to them every game he seems to play against them. And I think in his head, he's like, we're going to need to score touchdowns and I'm going to go for it. And that's fine. But I felt like the whole game, he was doing that. And it, it, they never got it. And they're going to have trouble this weekend, I think. Well, it's like, yeah, because them not getting it there allowed the Bills to go up 14 to nothing. And then it was just like, well, now Miami has to throw. Amber sets in the game. So yeah. we're, we're just going to send our armada of pass rushers after you. And right. Epinesa had like 11 pressures. And he had the hit that injured Tua. Uh, Greg Rousseau, the rookie, had two sacks. Milano had a sack. Taron Johnson had a sack. I think the Bills awesome. had like six sacks and like 15 pressure or something like that so they just pinned their ears back when they were up 14 nothing and that's you know what i wanted to see in the pittsburgh game but the offense just wasn't there. you guys should be two and oh you had washington this weekend in buffalo right yep i think that is a good people are calling that to be a pretty close game i don't think so I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think Washington, the Bills are favored by six and a half or something like that. Yeah, six and a half. You like, I don't know, I see all the pro football focus picks and they see and that they pick the scores and they're picking like 27, 20, you know, 24, 17. They think Washington's going to stay in it. And I just don't think so. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the Bills defense is much better suited to deal with the Washington offense than vice versa. Like, the, yeah, I mean, like Washington I mean, does. Washington theoretically has a good defensive line, but like look what the Giants did to them, right? And That's so what I'm I, saying. And, and and like Josh Allen is a better version of Daniel Jones, right? He is, but the Bills don't really run like RPOs, which was killing yeah. Washington. Yeah, I mean, who know they? I would think they, they're going to want to. 
I think you every time a team loses, you look at why they lost. I would think that the week of viewing film in an NFL is like, let's look, the coaches should be focusing on what worked against this team. Now the team probably like the Giants, they're probably, or the Redskins are probably working on what they screwed up on. And so maybe Buffalo, it's all cat and mouse, but I think Buffalo wins that game. Yeah, I think so too. Just, you know, I don't know that Taylor Heineke is good enough to deal with that Bills defense. I mean, he, he plays hard and like, even in the game that they won, I'm watching him throw the ball and I'm like, every single throw is high. One of these, one of these is going to cost them. And it wasn't even a high throw that got tipped for an interception. It was the one that he tried to force for no reason, which was a horrible play call in that situation too. And he just like tried to force it to McLaurin and it got picked. And that's a game that they should have lost multiple times over, but they, you know, just got the, the benefit of the bounce here and there and got the field goal. So but speaking of that was spe- the Thursday night game, right? Yeah. So speaking of the Thursday night game, we've Love had two, two, two great ones so far, and now we get Carolina on the too. road. You think this is going to be a good game? In the sense of like competitive or fun to watch, what what is your definition of a good game? I mean, like you want it to be competitive. Yeah. So like the Giants Washington game was not necessarily it was a good game the down the stretch. And then it the wasn't other one necessarily was the game. best football game. Like there's a ton of mistakes being made. But I there was think drama. that it could be a blowout. <laughs> I mean, Tyrod is out. You know, you're going with the rookie, quarter, Mills, right? rookie quarterback making his debut on Thursday night football against a Carolina team that just, you know, roughed up the Saints really easily. Which was wild. I didn't yeah. think that was going to happen. After I didn't think it was going to happen. The Packers. I, yeah, I figured the Saints are like, okay, like even if Winston isn't having his best game, like you find a way to get the ball to Kamara, you get Taysom Hill in there, and you just you're able to control the clock and is, play a defensive game. Is it just the road versus home how these teams play? Because even though the Saints weren't at home in Game One, they were in Florida, their own home stadium, and Aaron Rodgers plays terrible in Florida for some reason, and they beat the Packers. <laughs> Packers go home, they look fantastic. The, the, is it just home road for these teams? Is that the difference? It, I mean, it matters sometimes. I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in this game. Like Houston being at home, like, do they have this monster home field advantage? Like, yeah, you get to sleep in your own beds and. They look, they looked good with Tyrod. If Tyrod it, Taylor was playing this game, this game would be a good game. I agree but he's not playing. But I would think the game plan for Davis Mills on a short week would be, you have three running backs, do they not? Yes, they do. They're deep at running back, so get them all the ball. Get them all the ball and like mix it up. Like, oh, Lindsey's in the game, they're probably gonna run, throw it to him. Oh, David Johnson's in the game, they're probably gonna throw, run the shit. But but Carolina's defense is pretty good. I'm streaming them in a couple leagues. Yeah, and I'll go, I will say it's amazing what like a change of scenery has done for Sam Darnold. Like he's got his highest Mm -hmm. ever career completion percentage, highest quarterback rating. Uh, His total QBR is sixth overall in football right now. So it's like just getting away from the Jets is such a cure for the Blues. It is. It is. And I think a big stat that you look at with his success, I read this today, is his depth of throw on the Panthers versus the Jets. And on the Jets, Adam Gase wanted him to throw the ball downfield a lot. And his depth of throw was in like the nine or 10. And then on the Panthers now, he's got McCaffrey and they're going short throws. And the short throws he can hit 
and are better. And that opens up the deep ball the more they do it. McCaffrey's such a beast. Yeah, and Darnold's average yards per attempt has also gone up while shortening the average distance of target. So Interesting, interesting. So he's having a lot more success. And like you say, having Christian McCaffrey on the team is just a huge bonus for any quarterback playing in that oh, system. I mean, they, so were, they were, I don't yeah, know. they were five and two, I think at one point last year. And so he was out permanently. Uh, so Carolina looked like they were going to be pretty good in the Teddy Bridgewater system. And he was throwing the ball downfield and he was having a good year himself and got himself a nice contract in Denver out of it. Speaking of speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, he they're going to be three and oh, and people are going to be like, is Denver real? Uh, who are they playing? They're playing. Um, they're not playing a very good team. I, I think, I, let me see. I have it here somewhere. No, I have it. I have it. Give me a second. I got it. They're playing the Jets. Oh, yeah. They're going to be three. I feel like they're my suicide pick. Yeah, I mean. They're in mile high. Zach Wilson has looked horrible so far. I don't and know who's the running the Jets. Back. I think you could go through and pick just pick against a couple teams in these suicide pools. Yeah, I mean, the Browns were like that a couple seasons ago, where exactly. it's just like, if you just bet against the Browns every week, like, you're going to be in the, the positive money. And and what do you think about Arizona-Jacksonville? Do you think it's just an Arizona blowout, or do you think the kid Lawrence finally makes some throws? He has a stat where he's thrown the most uncatchable throws. Yeah, I mean, the tr truth be told, I never was high on Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah. I didn't think he was the best quarterback coming out of the draft and he may prove me wrong at some point, but so far I'm just like, you know, this guy played on the best college team at the time with the best college athletes. And they were like the best program in the country for like three, four years in a row. So it's like, yeah, you're used to like just playing easy football because there's really only a handful of like legitimately good college programs that can win a national championship out of like a thousand schools. There's like four teams that you really like have to worry about. And then when they got eliminated last year, he got outplayed by Justin Fields and they were like, Oh, well it's like one game versus a body of work. And it's like, this is the most important game of the season against a guy who a lot of people are saying are better than you. And you come out here and he completely dominates the game and you don't like, yeah. And you're still the number one overall pick. Like, and now urban Meyer is like wanting to get out of Jacksonville. He's like, I made a huge mistake coming to the NFL. Like I can't coach at this level and the players aren't he responding to me. Well, he's basically like complained that he's having trouble getting through to the players, people like inside the Jacksonville like media room has been like, oh, this is a horrible shit show. They say wow. he's they say he's looking for the door already. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, how I much know of they that asked him about the they asked him about the USC job. I heard he said, uh -huh. um, yeah, these guys like Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, these amazing college coaches come to the NFL. The discipline doesn't work. These guys are making millions of dollars. They don't need to listen to you. And I mean. Yeah, that Jacksonville team's rough. So I guess you could just pick against Jacksonville. I think they play a little bit better this weekend, though. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually, like, Jacksonville will get to the point where they start improving. But I just don't know when that's going to come. Because, like, their defense isn't that good. Like, their offense isn't that good. So maybe they're not the worst team in football. But they, have, they have lost 17 straight games going back to last season. Rough. So, so they're right there. And the Jets are right there with them. So I would I would be confident picking against either of those teams for the time being. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not going to pick Jacksonville to beat Arizona. 
But a lot of times in that 10 a.m. time slot, a West Coast team going East, I bet you Jacksonville plays a little bit better. I play. I, bet, I think Jacksonville plays their best game. Arizona, I thought, was going to route Minnesota. What happened? They got down 20 to seven to start the game. Because... But how does that happen, Arizona, after you just went into Tennessee and shut down what arguably some say is the best, was going to be one of the best offenses in the league, and then you come home to the desert to play a Minnesota team with Kirk Cousins that, yeah, has good receivers, a decent offensive line. They have Dalvin Cook. I just thought that Arizona defense would play a lot better. Yeah, I mean, the Arizona secondary is not great. So Minnesota just saw what Chandler Jones did and is like, all right, well, let's not let him have five sacks and we'll be able to be in this game. And I think they just caught Arizona sleeping, caught him by surprise a little bit. And then after it was 20 to seven, Arizona comes right back and takes the lead. And so you eliminate maybe the couple of those early touchdowns and Minnesota wins comfortably in that game. But it just took them a while to like realize that Minnesota is a threat because Minnesota lost to Cincinnati. But it's like, even dating back to last season, like Minnesota, their record wasn't great, but they're in every game. They have talent. Yeah, they do. And they're playing Seattle, right? This weekend in Minnesota. Yeah, that's a game. That's a tough game. Yeah, because speaking of Tennessee, like Seattle up 30 to 16 in the fourth quarter. How did they lose? Russell Wilson, man. Like, I think... I think it's time. Like, I've heard so much shit, like, over the first two games about how, like, Josh Allen's not an elite quarterback. And I'm like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but it's only been two games. So we go back to last season and look at, like... Who's telling you Josh Allen's not an elite quarterback? People on Twitter. A lot of people on Twitter. Ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he hasn't played elite right now, but I, like, it was a Seahawks fan that I'm talking to. And I'm like, okay, so Russell Wilson was up 30 to 16, and he gets four possessions in a row to kick a field goal to win the game. That's all they need. Yeah. Three and out, three and out, four plays where he only completes two passes and the first down is a rushing play at the end of regulation. Overtime, uh-huh. three and out with a horrible 12-yard sack that sets up the game-winning field goal for the Titans. So I'm like, you had four possessions and you're an elite quarterback in this league and you couldn't go down there and just get your team a field goal to end the game. Like... I don't know what's going on. That was NFL momentum, I feel. Just momentum. The Seahawks were trying to come back in that game. No, they were. Up, I didn't watch they that. Were, they were up 30 to 16. And then Derrick Henry just went crazy, crazy. Well, when it was 30 16, two plays later, Henry cracked the 60 yarder. And then it was. Oh, like, that play frustrated me because it was like, how would, how does that guy do that? Yeah. He just does it all the time. And so he went from having like a nothing first half for the most part to finishing for like 187 yards. And I think he got a score at the end of the game as well. Yeah. Um, So they just couldn't stop him down the stretch, but still the offense only needed a field goal to make it a three score game and make it basically unwinnable at that point. And they couldn't even get a first down really. Where is DK Metcalf? Has he had a couple good games? I see Lockett is amazing. Yeah, everyone's focused on Metcalf, so Lockett's open all the time. It's beautiful watching Wilson throw that ball to Lockett. I hate it, but I have to appreciate the beauty of it. I think, honestly, like, what we've seen in the last couple seasons is that they really miss Doug Baldwin in their offense. Yeah, I was thinking about Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin was, like, a guaranteed, I can get open on this play, and you're going to find me here. And he had excellent hands, great route runner, like, a little undersized, but Lockett never really became, like, what Doug was like well, he doesn't want to get in the dirty he doesn't want to wasn't he, Doug, I feel like Doug was always taking a big hit 
and getting he was up. he was always making like crazy catches and, yeah i hate uh, him <laughs> against the 49ers he made a bunch of big catches yeah, he always he's always there to make the big catch, like especially his release, like in uh, short yardage situations. Like he was very close to unguardable because he's basically like a slot receiver that was a number one. So the same way that like you got a guy like Cole Beasley who runs these like short, quick in and out routes, a guy like Cooper Cup, like Doug Baldwin's running a lot yeah. of those kind of routes. So now in short yardage, it's like what are they gonna do? Just like run slants to Metcalf and uh, to lock it. And Everett came off a good first game. And then, I don't know, he needs to be more involved because they don't really have, like, a third receiver the way that they used to. And they, don't. they got rid of their tight end leverage, so they're not running, like, a two-tight end power set. And that's they're running Seattle, the ball well, though. They are, and that Seattle team that was good that played defense, like, they ran a lot of two-tight end sets, and then they used the play action to, like, sneak these big yeah. plays to the tight ends that they just, like, don't have that play in the arsenal anymore. And I don't know. Like, I, if you're Russell Wilson, like, you have to win that game. Like the fact that you lost that game at home, being up 14 points in the fourth quarter and you couldn't do shit down the stretch. Like it's embarrassing. Agreed. Agreed. And how competitive the NFC West is the NFC West probably has four of the top 10 teams in the NFL. Do you agree with that? Uh, well, I would say as of right now, like I still need to see Arizona prove it. Like, you hate Arizona. Even no. last year when I was like, Arizona is pretty good. Cause you were bitter at them because they beat you guys on the, Hail Mary. But I was and right. Arizona, no, finished, I know you were Arizona, Arizona finished but, eight and eight and missed the playoffs. But that was because he got hurt. If he gets hurt, they're not good. If he's healthy and playing the way that he's played in these first two games, they are tough. Yeah, but they should have lost to Minnesota. Like the kicker missed the field goal, so they should have lost that game. Yeah. Um, I just like it's the defense for Arizona that is the They problem. have like, good defensive players maybe not at the corner position anymore but i love isaiah simmons i love chandler jones i, I love buddha baker yeah, they have defensive players and maybe it's that defensive coordinator i think the way they play football with the way they speed up the clock and cliff kingsbury wants to get as many plays in as possible it's like the golden state warriors and you have murray and you throw these big plays it opens up your defense because they don't run long drives right arizona's He's running a play. It's a seven-yard touchdown, and that defense is back on the field. They got to be tired as fuck the way they play. And yeah. I would say that's probably why. And I understand hating on them, but if they play their best game, they're tough because of him. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. I'm not hating on Arizona, but I'm just saying I need to see more from them for me to believe that they're legitimately one of the best teams in the NFL. Like right now, what I saw from Kyler like in the first game – I think he made a play that I don't think I've ever seen any other quarterback make running to the sideline, stopping the ball, backpedaling to like yeah. himself room to throw and then making that sideline throw. Like that's his awareness yeah. there to not just like run out of bounds, not to just throw the ball away, but to like create some space for him to throw was something that I, that I didn't see from him in the past. And you're right that when he's playing his best football, that offense is super tough to deal with. And yeah. the fact that like DeAndre Hopkins hasn't done much, but still has three touchdowns is kind of scary. I mean, uh, the one touchdown he had yet yeah, was what was the first or second week where he caught it and spun the exact right way to get the touchdown. He's just faster than you. And he, he, that's a tough combo. If they stay healthy, they'll get to the playoffs. If he gets hurt, they're done. But that's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, but it's like I could see the Niners style of football like beating Arizona. 
because they're going to limit your possessions. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play very physical. On he the plays well against us. He does. He plays well against us. And just like every 49ers game against Russell Wilson, if you don't contain him, our corners aren't good enough to stick with the receivers. And that's what Murray does. His footwork is so fun to watch. It is. It's in his awareness, his pocket presence. He is another level, but he's so small. And if he gets hit, I just fear he gets hurt. And I, it's the whole Robert Griffin thing. Like it's in the NFL, you have so many games, so many plays against the best athletes in the world. The weight when you play like that and he's playing really well, perfect. Not getting hit, getting hurt, speed. It's just so hard. And I just, I hope he can keep it going. I just remember last year, I loved him, loved watching him. He got hurt and he didn't play the same way. So he's back to playing the way he was last year before he got hurt. It's whether he can sustain that. Yeah, they're going to need to figure out how to run the football because that's not something they're able to really do consistently right now. Can I go back to the Buffalo Bills for one second? Did they figure out how to run the ball? In this, this last Miami game, I don't think you guys had a game where you had three touchdowns from your running backs all season. Do you uh, I mean, Zach Moss had a couple two-touchdown games last year. But to have a Singletary teeter, 35, great yard, little run, great blocking scheme, great run by Singletary, and then Moss comes in. I was so frustrated with the Allen play at the goal line. Oh, you have no idea. You, you know the play where he slid at the one while he's sticking the ball out? Yeah, and didn't get it. And didn't get it, and then they give it to Moss, and Moss gets two. Moss gets in from the one, and I think a big reason why you guys lost last year was Moss not being healthy. Yeah, and he wasn't. Why was he a healthy? Why was he a scratch week one? Uh, he's been dealing with again injuries like all off season. So I think the Bills looked at it like the way to beat Pittsburgh was to throw the football anyway. Yeah. So they were just like, well, we can have him out, and we'll go with Breda and Singletary. And he had no time. I mean, in the first game though, Singletary had like seventy-seven yards on twelve carries or something like that. So his like average yeah. yards per carry was still like over six. They should have so given it to him more. They should have, but he fumbled out of bounds a couple times, mm. and I think they and he fumbled out of bounds in the Miami game too. So it's like when he's going to the sideline, like his ball protection awareness is not great. So I think maybe they were just afraid to give him the ball, like with the lead in the second half, and trust him not to fumble it, but. They should all carry the ball like Tiki Barber when he was having his fumble problems. <laughs> you remember that? Tiki Barber fumble all the time. He and did. then he started putting it up here, right? And he yeah. would not fumble. But these guys won't. Yeah, it's because it's like when these kind of running backs that like to get out in space, like they have to have the ball they kind need of this, dangling yeah. out there. Um, when Cincinnati plays Chicago, right? That was last week, yeah. That was last week. Who's in, oh, Cincinnati plays Pittsburgh this week. Correct, yeah. If TJ Watt doesn't play, I think Cincinnati wins that game. Yeah, I mean, you saw when he went down, like how much it affected what they were able to do against it's the one Raiders guy. offense. It is. It's one guy. When he's that good, it makes everyone else better. It's the Nick Bosa factor. It's the it's it's a, it, one one guy affects the game so much when he's that good. And TJ Watt, if he's not on the field, the Steelers defense has problems for some reason. Yeah, well, they lost, you know, Bud Dupree to free agency. Uh, yeah. Joe Hayden was a late scratch for that game also against Ooh. the Raiders. So it was Is like, he playing I, this week? I don't know, but um, I'll see the injury report when I yeah. look into it tomorrow. But yeah, if like, Watt so like, plays, I don't think Pittsburgh loses that game. There's no way. Cincinnati doesn't look that good. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they were able to come back. And Chicago, who 
theoretically has like a similar defense to Pittsburgh. Like they, Khalil Mack was able to just like generate pressure kind of whenever yeah. he wanted and really disrupt the rhythm for them. And then it was when Andy Dalton got hurt and fields came in and wasn't consistent enough that Cincinnati was able to score a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter to cut the lead, but they were down 20 to three, I think at one point. Yeah. Chicago is playing who? I don't know. Chicago is playing. I haven't dug into it yet for the picks. The Browns in Cleveland. Tough. That's a Cleveland victory. Yeah, Cleveland definitely should win that game. Cleveland makes some mental errors sometimes too, but they should win that game. They have a great team. Beckham might play. They don't have any receivers though. Yeah, yeah Landry is questionable. And uh, they said that, you know, Beckham is, at least the fancy said he's like optimistic that he's going to play this week, but... It's like, again, you're asking this guy to come back and, like, be a game changer right away. It's like, whatever. They're going to give Chubb and Kareem Hunt the ball 35 times. And they just got to hope that the game isn't close enough that Baker Mayfield's stupid interception late in the game loses it for him because they had Kansas City and he made that same play. And it's funny because leading into that game, I was like, you know that Cleveland in week one has been thinking about that loss to Kansas City in the playoffs, that that was a game that they could have got. And Mayfield threw an interception late in that game that cost them. And mm-hmm. Mahomes was hurt in that game. So it's like, if you were ever going to beat Kansas City and move that on, was that was the game. So then they come out in week one and they're beating Kansas City. And okay, here comes Kansas City. They're roaring back. And then Cleveland gets the ball and they have a chance to like regain the lead late. And Mayfield throws the killer pick again. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what know, he does. Yeah. You know what? It's the, he doesn't have the receivers. If he, I mean, Landry had a good game in that game, but if he had Landry and Beckham with his tight ends and his running backs, if you take away Beckham from that team, they don't have any receivers and it really affects Mayfield. That's true, but they were better actually without him last year. Like, cause it just, it limited like what they do. They just run the yeah, ball. Yeah. It's like, it, it let them focus on like, this is the team that we are. Yeah. We're not out here trying to have Baker throw it 40 times a game. But like, when you were lot, when Baker needs to make a play, you probably want Beckham out there. That's true. And it's like, I'm just surprised that I haven't seen like Njoku, like as big of a part as the, of the offense as I would have expected. Like they have really some big plays. Play. He does a couple, make a couple ones. games. Uh, and then we'll, what about the, the NFC Championship preview? Buccaneers Rams. Yeah. At SoFi. Rematch from last year as well. Right. Rams beat them last year. Rams beat them last year. Yeah. I think the Rams might beat them this year, but most of the experts are picking the Buccaneers because they don't pick against Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's no it's AB, probably. Yeah. It's hard to pick against Brady. And the Rams, I don't know. Like, the Colts game shouldn't have been as close as it was like Carson Wentz is out there making like dumbass mistakes. And yeah, that, game, that like, I don't know that little backhanded shovel pass that got picked off. Like, I don't know what they drew up. I don't know what they were practicing, but that by was... the way, that was a bad shovel pass. The play might've worked if it was a good shovel pass, like low to where Doyle could have got it. But I don't even like that play at all. No, I don't like it either. It's like they're trying to like steal the stuff that like Kansas City's been doing, but it's like not well, every, that's, every but team that's Frank do that. Reich. Yeah, that's Andy Reid. That's old Philadelphia. Yeah. That's that's what they want to do in Indianapolis. That's Carson Wentz, and he does make those plays. Indianapolis has really been underperforming. I thought their defense was a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it was good enough to like give them a shot in the Rams game. Like they got Stafford to throw a pick. They were able to get the Rams off the field. Like when the Rams could have basically made the game unwinnable the Colts were able to keep them in it and give Carson Wentz a shot. But like, even on the play that Carson Wentz get, gets hurt, like the play he's trying to make there, it's like, just 
go down. I know. Like, He's never learned that. And then it's like he gets his ankle completely rolled up on underneath yeah. him. And it's like that could have been a horrible injury. And you didn't learn anything from like your last year in Philly where you're over here like overworking every play, like trying to make it happen. He got hurt against the Rams also when he played for Philly, trying yeah. to score a touchdown at the goal line that it's, ruined Philly's season. But I think they won the Super Bowl that year. It didn't it ruin their season, it ruined, actually. <laughs> it ruined his season, but he won a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, it it uh, ended his shot at being the MVP that year, though. Oh, the best thing that happened for Nick Foles. But yeah, yeah. that was a big year for Wentz, I remember. Um, I think I think I think Tampa's gonna have a little bit of issues against that Rams defense with no AB out there, even though they didn't even look AB's way in the last game. No AB out there because of COVID, probably. You just have Godwin and Evans, and you would think the Rams corners could handle them. And Gronk. Well, Gronk, yeah, who is Ramsey gonna guard Gronk? He's got two like, touchdowns so far in each game, Gronk's right? A beast. Gronk's a beast. It's like Kelsey and Mahomes. It's like it not is. fair. It is it's a little fair. bit unfair. Um, and I think I, I, I think that's going to be probably the game of the week. Tampa, LA. It should hope, be just because it has so many implications for further down the rest of the year. I have to root for the Buccaneers. I'm frustrated because I don't want to root for Tom Brady. But I guess either one, because I feel like the 49ers are going to be in it for home field advantage. And both of these teams are also going to be in it. So either one that loses. Yeah, I just, I don't know. The Rams, like, defensive front hasn't been what I expected so far. Like, really? They gave up 100 yards and some change to Montgomery on the ground. I mean, they, like... Wasn't that game a blowout? Was that the game close, though? Uh, At the time that, like, he scored his touchdown, it was still fairly close. But they ended yeah. up they ended up winning by 20. And... But wasn't that a long touchdown he had, right? Or did he... Was no, it... I mean, they. I think they just grounded out on the way there. I think it was inside the 10, but... Uh, yeah, you're right, but Aaron Donald's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he is for sure. Um, he's he's never going to change. But, but the thing about it is, the Bucks are not going to run the ball at all. The Rams are not going to run the ball at all. You can't run the ball, and they don't have really good running backs to run the ball. So both these teams are just going to throw, uh, and I don't think Tampa's going to throw as easily as the Rams are going to throw. I'll say the team that runs the ball more effectively is going to win that game. Probably. Probably, but the way you beat Tampa is you sack Tom Brady and throw against those corners. They don't have very good corners, and they just lost a couple corners. And if you can just protect, you can't run on Vita Vea. Vita Vea himself stops the run game. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, like, the number one and two run defense from last year. Yeah. And the number one and the number six overall defense from last year. I don't know. I just I feel like... As an entire unit, I fear the Bucks' defensive line more. Yeah, they're the Super Bowl champs. The front seven of the Bucks is unbelievable with all their yeah. linebackers in front four. Um, but I think that I, Sean McVay, I love his game plans, and I hate to say it, I think Matt Stafford was an amazing pickup. And if they can stay healthy, they're going to be tough. But they got running back issues already. They do. They do. I'll, I'll still probably roll with the Bucks in that one, but I'll have I to take it. I'll have to see the injury report a little more closely before making any decisions because that really ended up being a huge factor in that New Orleans and Carolina game. Like the Saints were missing five starters on defense in that game and, and coaches. It, yeah, from and COVID. It, yeah, and it totally showed. Like it looked like they weren't ready to be out there, and they weren't. So, do they have those guys back for this game in, against New England? 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked out the report yet. I got to get into it probably later tonight. I think New England probably wins that game. They could. It's in New England, right? It's in New England. And I would think that if I had to, if you showed me two guys on one side, one side has Bill Belichick, and one side the starting quarterback is James Winston, I'm going to roll with Belichick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after last week, it's like, you never know. It's a roll of the dice as to which James Winston you're going to get, right? I mean, I mean, he was MVP in, after week one. He sure was. Not looking yeah. like it after week two. <laughs> Looked like the old Jameis after week two. Yeah. It's you tried, so you tried to trade him, and now he's not even on your team. You just cut him. True. <laughs> My team's having issues in that league. That's why I um, laughed at you when you tried to trade him. <laughs> I thought maybe someone needed a quarterback. Five tried touchdowns to, in one game. I know. You tried to fucking sell high on him big time. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I in, in multiple leagues, I was like, tried to get Mostert or Sermon or one of the two and or both and the 49ers running back situation is just a mess and has ruined my fantasy leagues yeah it's imploded I mean Sermon's supposed to play this week but Mitchell had a shoulder injury that he came back from but then the other two Jamichael Hasty and whoever the other running back was last week also like left with weird injuries so yeah so Jamichael Hasty has a high ankle sprain he's on IR he's out for three to four weeks five weeks might never get his job back when you get hurt on this 49ers running back situation you might not get your job back uh elijah mitchell they said got a shoulder stinger you saw him on the sidelines like 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 rubbing his stinger out but he didn't practice yesterday he came back and played in that game against philly though he did but but it wasn't too many plays it wasn't like he made impactful plays after that almost touchdown run that hurt his shoulder yeah. Um, and that's what the problem is going to be if you try to give the ball to him at the one. He's not that big. And we saw in his first carry where just a bunch of dudes fall on him where he's trying to get the goal line, he hurt his shoulder. He probably he, he didn't practice yesterday. If he doesn't practice today, that's tough. Uh, that's why they picked up that kid, Jock Patrick, the XFLer, who's like 230, 6'3". And I picked him up in every single one of my fantasy leagues just because if this guy gets going, and 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 I feel like with Kyle Shanahan's running schemes and the big holes, this guy ain't very fast, but he is tough to tackle. And at the one, I think he might get the ball. They said Sermon is coming out of concussion protocol. He did you see his one carry I did, last week? No. So Trey Sermon, all this hype, he had one carry in that game. He was active. They gave the ball to Mitchell most of the game. Mitchell didn't really do anything. By the way, Mitchell really hasn't done anything besides his 45-yard touchdown run. Besides that one run, I'd say he's probably averaging three yards a carry, two to three yards a carry. Um, But he's getting the ball all the time because there's nobody else. So Sermon finally in the third quarter after Mitchell, I think, got hurt. The first carry to Sermon got a good little hole, eight yards, and then he like dives forward. And in that process of diving forward, like hit a knee and fumbled the ball and got a concussion. I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, it's, it's, a com- it's a comedy of errors all like at one time. I just did like how excited this guy was to get the ball for the first time after all the shit inactive week one, he gets the ball, great little hole. He's juking. Something happens, falls forward, gets a concussion, fumbles the ball. They got the ball and he's like on the ground holding his head. And now you might be needed to start. You might need to start if Mitchell doesn't play. And then that kid Patrick, I think, would slot in as the RB2. And I think they'd use Sermon in the 20s. And I bet you, Jock Patrick, if he's active, 
gets a touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. I just feel it. Yeah, I mean, if you get down to the goal line, you got some dude who's like 6'3". I can't, I don't know why I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he played on the Patriots. Just giant. Jonas Gray. No, Blunt. Yeah, Jonas Gray. LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt, man. Like, he was just hammer. (laughs) Brandon Jacobs. Like, these guys that can, they don't accelerate fast, but when they get going, they're tough to tackle. It's very Derrick Henry-like. And this guy, Jock Patrick, played in the XFL, was probably an XFL like all-star got made the team in Cincinnati was on the Cincinnati practice squad had great stats in the preseason but didn't make the team he was only on the practice squad and I guess when a guy's on a practice squad you can just be like nah, I want him because <laughs> yeah. he's not on the roster yeah you can put that- in you can put in a claim for them and then I think if the team that has him like doesn't match the claim he goes he goes and so we got him we're having we're signing everybody. We're just like the Ravens. Come on in, try out a new running back. So I hope we figure it out because if we can, we got a good team. Uh, I think the whole Brandon Ayuk situation is also interesting. I think he's gonna have a big game uh, against Green Bay. Also, not a big game, just better than what he's been doing. I mean, didn't he have a solid first game, or am I no, he, confused? He he was coming off an injury. What they're saying is that he was primed to be the second starter. And have a big year and was looking better than all the other receivers but then right as he was about to pass the other guys he hurt his hamstring and so he's been out from that hamstring now for about three he was able to suit up and practice the week before week one mm-hmm. but they said he wasn't ready so he bare, he played half the snaps week two again half the snaps not targeted very much at all they're saying he looks good in practice and i think week three is when you're going to see brandon now you finally catch some passes yeah, I mean, we saw against Detroit that, like, you know, Green Bay's pass defense wasn't necessarily great. Um, and their best pass rusher hasn't been playing. I don't know if he's going to play in week three or not, uh, Smith. But if you can't hear yeah. So they're, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of Green Bay's defense. Um, yeah. And it showed, but, like, Aaron Jones just wanted that game more than anybody else on the field on Monday night. So, yeah, good I, didn't for, good to, for him. I didn't get to watch it. I work Monday nights. It's really frustrating because I, I love Monday night football and I just kind of see the highlights after. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Jones is a beast. I will and say we got to, yeah. that I'm pulling for the Lions, though. I never was like a huge Detroit Lions fan. I like that Barry Sanders, Scott Mitchell, like awkward Lions. Yeah, uh, Johnny Morton. Like, I love that Lions. Yeah. But it's been 20 years since I've like really like enjoyed Lions football. But watching them play and them kind of just being this weird underdog where it's like, you know, they took Jared Goff in a deal that they didn't exactly want, but it just. It was what it was. Like they haven't drafted necessarily all that well. You had Meg- I, I mean, Megatron surprisingly retire. Kenny Galladay leaves. Like Adrian Peterson's not on that team anymore. So I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of pulling for the Lions. You now. should. You should. They drafted like well this year. That, that Penny Suell pick. What was left tackle? He's yeah. a beast. He's going to be a Pro Bowler. And and that's the type of picks you need to make to get good in the NFL. Yeah. And I think they need to give the ball to Swift more. Swift looks like the better running back of the two, even though Jamal Williams is getting the rock. I think that they're going to see, and I think Swift is getting healthier. Give the ball to Swift more. He's electric when he runs. Uh, yeah. Can he withstand the the, the battle or the, the beating? He's, but, been, he's been hurt the last two seasons. so 
he had a, he's been hurt the last two seasons and he's got a little groin issue that continually he's on the injury report. Yep. So they're trying to manage his workload. Um, but if you want to win the game, I think you got to get the ball to Swift. Goff loves throwing to the running back. You know he does. That's when Goff had his best season was when he could throw to Gurley and just let Gurley do the work. Yeah. It just rack up all those extra yards that you didn't uh, really poor work Gurley. for. I miss Todd Gurley. I know. He's not even in the league. I saw him having dinner with like Connor McGregor a couple of months ago. And yeah. I was like, what He's... the fuck is Todd Gurley doing at this table with McGregor over here? Like he didn't even make he didn't even make it back to Atlanta and he wasn't getting phone calls from any of these teams that were just decimated by injury. He has what arthritis in the knees, I think, or, or he, he knew this was coming. Uh, I think when he was on these other teams, like you just, his, his skills have diminished. It's sad because on the Rams in McVay's offense, when he was MVP level, he was one of the best and it's too bad that he's not there anymore, but he does like to mix around in the Hollywood scene. I've seen yeah. it was like, him. Yeah. I mean, it was just a really short lived, like prime for him, but when that's he started, a lot of running backs. Yeah. When he started with Atlanta though, like he was a top 10 fantasy running back for the first few weeks. And then whatever injury he had flared yeah. up and he just like, couldn't get outside anymore. But inside the 20, he was effective. He had a lot of touchdowns. Does Atlanta start to score points or is Matt Ryan done? They scored a lot against the tough defense in uh, the Bucks, and that game was actually close there for a minute uh, until the Bucks like put put a couple extra touchdowns on at the end. But I think it was like, you know, twenty eight thirty one or something like that at one point. They play uh, the Giants this weekend in New York. Do they score twenty one points? Yes. Okay. I think you're they can... saying that because the Giants defense is bad. Yeah. But I think that game, just generally speaking, will be like a lot of offensive possessions. Um, yeah. I don't think either defense is particularly good. And you saw Ridley start to wake up a little bit. Um, and like, yeah, he's, I feel he's like a tough guard. Pitts started to get involved a little bit. You kind of saw why they no. picked Pitts at number four. Yeah. I mean, it's still a little bit high to be drafting a tight end and then not have him be like an impact player right away. But. You weren't, think, you were, they weren't going to get another chance at drafting him, and I think they wanted to get that guy in place for whoever is going to be the successor to Matt Ryan. Yeah, when you have a big tight end like a Kelsey, a Waller, a Kittle, it's just you're so much better, just like in fantasy football. In fantasy football, you want to have the, the like Kelsey because every week you have the best tight end by far, and you win that matchup so easily, and that's just like that in the NFL. If you have these amazing tight ends, these teams win. You guys need a tight end in Buffalo. Yeah, Dawson Knox. Well, it's like, guy. yeah, and then they got Jacob Hollister, and then they cut him and then re-signed him to the practice squad. So it's like I thought they were going to go a lot more two tight end sets and just, like, con- try to confuse the defense, try to blend the run game in a little bit and kind of do what Seattle used to do with, like, just making the look complicated and then getting Allen on the move and breaking these big plays downfield to just like a broken coverage spot. But so far they just, I don't know. I think what I'm seeing from them is that they're really trying to get like Emmanuel Sanders well-placed in their system, but it's like, he's taken all the snaps away from like Gabriel Davis. And wasn't Gabriel injured a little last week? uh, I don't know. I didn't see him pop up on the injury, but he had a little questionable, but I think like I honestly like Davis's style for that outside receiver position more than Sanders. If we're going to run Sanders like him and Beasley, we need to go like four wide receivers or have them split some slot 
possessions or something like that. So I mean, do you think Sanders is the reason why your offense isn't moving the way it was? I mean, he's had some big catches, but like Allen missed him on a deep throw. I think it's just that what they want out of him, it just, it changes the stuff that they were doing effectively last year because they're trying to like make sure that he gets involved, make sure yeah. that like he's a threat or else like it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter that he's on the field if you're never going to like actually use him. So they're trying I'm to playing him this it. week in one fantasy league. I think he scores his first touchdown as a bill. I hope so. He looks better against Miami. Uh, he had like the huge catch like down at the five yard line that set up yeah, down. That was a great um, catch. So he's starting to get it together, but like just looking at the distribution, I'm like, okay, so he's getting a lot of yardage where like, you know, Diggs really, he ended up having a big catch at the end of the game last week that upped his yardage and he had the kind of broken play touchdown, but they're not like great touchdown. Yeah. They're not like throwing it to Diggs the way they were last season where they know the matchup is in their favor. And they'll they're just figure gonna it out. It. They will. They'll figure it out. It's gotta be good to see them. They should be two and oh, and they're winning games differently than they did last year. And that's a sign of a good team when you're going to need to win multiple types of games. I know. It's they should have won that Pittsburgh game, though. They should have. And it's probably a good sign when, you know, the fan base is complaining that, like, a 35 nothing victory was not enough. Like, Oh, did you? I love the Josh Allen quotes after that game. Like, yeah. he was like, yeah, we need. I need to play better. Yeah, and, and I, I think ultimately that's why I'm not worried is because, like, I know how hard he is on himself and – I'm happy to have him as our quarterback. Like, I know yeah, that he's going to he get better. He just needs to calm down a little. And that first game back against Pittsburgh, it's like the stand, the stands are he full. Had no like, time. out his back. Watt was a game breaker in that he game. Was, yeah. Every every time I turned to that game, it was Watt getting pressure. That was kind of the story of the game. Him and Cameron Hayward had big games. The offensive yeah. line got called for six holding penalties. Like, it was just a mess. But Yeah. All right. They, how, how much more time do you need? Uh, I don't know. You want to talk about your boy Gavin avoiding the recall? No. Goose? I mean, yes, I do. And no, I'm so <laughs> glad that we didn't recall him. I don't, I thought this, I didn't, if we, if they recalled him, I was going to be like, where am I living? Right. Why are you recalling <laughs> this guy? And then I talked to someone about like, well, he doesn't care about the rural areas. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, he only focuses his attention on the big cities. And I'm like, yeah, that's. That kind of is true, but I feel like when you're governor, it's kind of hard not to. I mean, especially if you're a Democrat. Well, in California too, it's like the cities are where the people live. So, yeah. of course, you're going to focus your attention on the place so where the I, majority sorry, of your voters are. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry that you had to shut your parents, you know, your 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 restaurant down because there's not that many people, and you didn't think there was COVID around. But I wouldn't have rather had any other governor take us through the pandemic uh we got out of it we're getting vaccinated i'm ready to get my third booster and i'm if let the process of democracy work if you want to vote this guy out go vote in the next election i saw that he just at least i think authorized the uh the booster shot for people 65 and older and yeah, I mean, people with uh like extremely high risk I mean, I'm going to, I might go and just get a third shot, like just go to CVS and get the Pfizer shot and just tell them like, Hey, I need a shot. No, I'm going to be like, yo, I mean, maybe, yeah, you think I'd have to lie to them because they're gonna be like, well, sir, you can't get the third one yet. Cause governor Newsom has said, and CDC has says that you're not over 65. So you can't get it. Bingo. Well, I'm sure uh, probably a, I'll wait then. 
black market vaccine just out waiting outside CVS like a dope fiend. Like I'm playing basketball. Some... <laughs> I'm playing basketball tonight in no mask. I the first four weeks in the basketball league at Beverly Hills, I've worn a mask and I'm the only one wearing a mask. Peer the pressure, rest don't enforce it. What? Peer pressure is getting to you. You're taking the mask. No, off. you know what it is? Is so I'm wearing this mask and I'm balling the first half. Like I'm playing against kids probably half like younger than me, but I'm playing what? I still got my burst. I'm shooting. I'm getting layups and getting backdoor cuts. I'm playing good defense, but I'm wearing this mask. And I didn't think about this. I'm getting so winded to where in the second half, I got nothing. And I was like, man, am I 39 years old? Am I out of shape? Is it over for me? And then someone's like, no, idiot. You're wearing this mask and it's it, it's inhibiting your breath that your body needs. And I'm like, really? And so I'm going to say fuck it and play the game with no mask and hope that everyone's healthy uh, because I can't stand playing well. And then this other kid who I know I can play just as well as, and he's not wearing a mask, is balling me up, and I have no wit. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this mask the whole time, I'm the only one. And they're like, why don't you have any juice left? I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> it's a combination of the two, maybe. But it we'll probably is, but let me at least have something in the second half. Like, I have nothing. And, and it's just frustrating, because in the first half, I was balling. In the mask. Yeah, I was I was pretty tired in the one game that I played, but also it's the first game I had played in again know, probably years. the mask. Probably a little bit, but you your body. I didn't think about it, but it's probably not healthy for you to play in the mask. It's probably not. Maybe, but I mean, I'm at the gym wearing the mask, and it's like I'm exerting myself equally as much, if not more. Just a different kind of exercise. Yeah. It gets shitty at the gym too, but oh well. You gotta wear it at the gym. I know. Well, we went to a concert and it was like our first concert, like our first legit concert in a while. It's John Legend of the Greek. Sick. So it was like five thousand. Masked people. everybody? Uh, no. They didn't enforce <laughs> they didn't But they it's didn't. outside, right? Correct. Um I think we might go to a theater soon because we want to see Evan Hansen. Here yeah, Hansen. we'll probably see that on Saturday. I know Kristen's been waiting for That's that. That's this weekend, out. right? Yeah, it's this weekend. He came into my own knowledge. The actor? Yeah. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Because he's yeah. massive. Yeah. I mean, we went to a movie last night, and it's like a 10 o'clock movie, so there's only four people in there. So it's like... Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to get popcorn, and I'm just going to crush popcorn, mask yeah. back on. Yeah, that's what I normally do when I go. And I, I'm, I'm going to this. <laughs> I'm going to go to this 1:30 afternoon movie today. I'll what probably do the same thing. I'm going to see uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland. Okay, it's a weird Jap Japanese director working with Nick Cage. Oh, can I ask you? Did you watch Malignant? I did. And did you like it? I struggled to like it up until the point where I actually really liked it. And then I was like, this, I was like, this is a lot of fun, but it's, yeah. It bothered me. I, it, I can understand that. It's very, it it's been very polarizing. Because of the way it was promoted. And I think I didn't go into it with that. And maybe that's horror in itself, but like the dialogue was not written well. And I guess it's now a parody on horror films. And so it's supposed to not be written well. And when the thing comes out of the head in the back, I was just like, oh, this is weird. 
And then when she's fighting backwards or he's fighting backwards, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I thought I was going to get into the conjuring or something like that. But now I'm like, oh, this, and we got through it. We finished it, but I would not watch it again. And I had an argument with someone who loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand that. And I've had like similar conversations on Twitter about this movie. And I would say that for me, I was like, when I turned it on, I was like, all right, it's James Wan. So I know his history. Yeah. So I'm expecting a certain kind of movie, but then I watch it and I'm like, all right, well, the acting is not good. <laughs> like the, the acting's like really terrible. It's, it's, yeah, it's so it's, bad. It's pretty bad. But it's and, bad on purpose? Like what? Yeah, a little bit. And But there's like a scene very early on where it's like, I think the boyfriend like busts open the door or something and she goes flying back and like hits her head on the ground. But the way they shot it, like I just burst out laughing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm probably not supposed to be laughing at this. You were. And then, yeah, it turns out I was. Um, but like, it's very creatively made. And then by the point where there's the first like chase scene where the cop like tries to chase down the oh, killer. I the cop. I hated the cop. Oh yeah, it's like even the the other lady cop is eating a lollipop like in the morgue while they're talking over a body. Hated I'm like, it. this is also like cliche and poorly acted. I was like, this is like a TV police drama. Like, yeah, like that's what you wanted. Like, you promoted it on HBO Max. Like, it was gonna be this super scary movie. That I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that. It's too scary for me. I was so mad. Yeah, so I wasn't scared, but I ended up having a good time. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, like the three like main action sequences that like kind of close out the movie where it's like the chase scene, the jail uh, scene, the jail scene, and then the police precinct scene, yeah. like all of that, I was just like, wow, it's like this turned into the matrix and I'm kind of loving it here. <laughs> it's fair. It's a fair argument. And now I'm not, as, now I feel like I need to apologize to my friend. Yeah, it's like, I don't know that I would watch it again, but if I did, yeah. I would probably start paying attention around the halfway point and be like, okay, this is what I'm here for, because this part was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah it was I a little bit of a struggle to get through it. No, and I ha I'm in a film class, mm -hmm. and I'm loving it. I wish I had taken this class 20 years ago. Um, but And each week, we watch a different film, and then I get in a Zoom session, uh, and, and they do one, like three hour zoom session, every, every there's classes at once a week and it's mm -hmm. an hour. And then once a month, it's four hours. And in the four hour, uh, class, you discuss all the films you've watched over the month. And it's interesting to discuss these films that the teacher makes us watch with college students on a zoom and the teacher. Uh, and so the first four films we've had to watch are the first three that we discussed yesterday, Casablanca, which I had never seen. Loved it. Memento, which I had seen a hundred times, but watching it again, trying to analyze it the way the teacher wants you to analyze it, amazing. And 310 to Yuma, who I had also the, seen. The original or the remake with Christian Remi Bale? The remake with Christian Bale, know, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Ben Foster's great in that movie. Ben Foster steals every single yeah. scene he's in. He's so good. He is so freaking good. <laughs> Um, and Guy Pierce in Memento is another level too. Yeah. Uh, and Memento, like I watched this uh, interview with Christopher Nolan explaining Memento and the sequences of the events and how he put, and he is a freaking genius. Yeah, I, I remember, was, I remember uh, watching Memento and like loving it and like not knowing why. And then like, cause it's like, it came out around probably when I was in high school and then like yeah. watching it a few more times and finally being like, now I finally get it. 
Like I, it's like I understood what was happening, but I didn't really like put it together the way that I should have until probably a little bit later than that. I watched it and really just enjoyed the watch. I didn't really think about the meaning behind things and, and I took the ending for what it was, but having explained it and like talked about it in this class and watched it again with certain questions, like that character, I felt sorry for the whole movie. Yeah. People are manipulating left and right. And then at the end, the motherfucker's choosing to not know the truth about his dead wife and continue to just keep murdering people. And <laughs> I hate him now. <laughs> he could write a tattoo on his body that's like, I killed my wife. Uh -huh. You need to deal with it. Do it. Instead, he burns all the shit. He doesn't get that tattoo. And he keeps manipulating himself to keep murdering people. It's the only thing he's got left at that point is like his mission to kill John G. So it's like, let's go again. Well, you can't just keep murdering John G's. Yeah, we're going again. Line up another John G. <laughs> no, no more John G's. That made me upset. And Carrie Ann Moss in that movie is next level too. Yeah, she's such a she's such a huge bitch in that movie, but she's very good at it. The one scene she could win an award for where she manipulates him and steals the pens and then calls his wife a c-word and and yeah. gets her to hit him and then goes back and comes back in like I love Carrie Ann Moss. I cannot wait to see the new Matrix with her and Neo in it. Yeah, she says something like your wife probably caught some venereal disease yeah. from guy from sucking one too many diseased cocks. Yeah, and then he slaps. <laughs> And then she goes in the car, waits about 15 minutes or like five minutes and walks back in and she's amazing. Yeah, um, that, that scene was just like, oh man, I hate her in this movie, but she's so good. Also, you think about her character, she pisses me off too because if you run it back, her boyfriend, who's a drug dealer, this guy rolls in in his car, in his suit, and she knows what happened. She knows that her boyfriend either got murdered by this guy or whatever, and she still just doesn't care and manipulates him to kill Teddy. So she's like the ultimate villain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I do not like her in that movie, but she's very, very good in that position. If you want to see a, a scary horror movie, watch The Night House with Rebecca Hall. Oh, is that new? Uh, yeah, it's it might be on video on demand now. It came out, I want to say, probably like close to a month ago. Because when by the time that we had gone to theaters to see it, it was in its like final weekend. Yeah. Um, but it was excellent. The Night House, okay. The Night House, yeah. We will watch that. We will watch that. We have been super into American Horror Story double feature. Have you watched that? I stopped watching American Horror Story after oh. like season two. It's pretty good. It's pretty good this season. I'd love to know your opinion because the concept of American Horror Story this season is a woman comes up with a pill that you take and you have to make a choice. If you think you're creative and are creative and have talent at something, you take this pill and it will make you be the best, most talented person like you'll write an award-winning script right when you take it the caveat however is that you have a thirst for blood and that you want to <laughs> you want to when you take the pill and you write this amazing book uh, that flew that just like flew out of you within hours and it's going to make you so much money the caveat is that you now want to eat and drink blood like a vampire so you have to find that human blood somewhere you have that craving you don't want food anymore but it's just temporary you can stop taking the pills but you won't be as creative and as talented as you would be on the pills now 
if you are not creative and take the pills, you become a zombie for the rest of your life. You become... <laughs> if you have no creative bone in your body and take it, the thought of your mediocreness consumes you and you a have the thirst for blood but it's not temporary you are stuck with it for the rest of your life and have to feed on the people in this town sounds like a winner it's fantastic <laughs> it's great i think that's so interesting like people would take that pill for because, sure for sure to be to be able to like be the best musician or write the best song that would make you the most money it's like selling your soul for the, to the devil. I mean, people already do all kinds of different drugs in order to achieve that. They just typically don't. But there's end not this in... drug. I just think it's it's interesting, and I love the uh, that take on vampires because usually a vampire you're stuck as a vampire the rest of your life for eternity. You don't even die unless you get the stake through the heart. Whereas this concept, you're just a temporary vampire if you think you're creative or if you are. <laughs> Who just finished my script? Yeah, time to go eat somebody. Yep, you got to go feed. You got to go feed. Interesting. All right, go. It's about time, right? Yeah. Anything else you want to get to? I got a couple minutes. Um, you got a what? I say we got a couple minutes, and then I'll head out. Oh, really? You, you try to get this? What do you try to get? Like an hour? Uh, yeah, we've done like a over an hour at this point. Already. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're good. Um, it's, gonna, it's gonna take forever to download this uh, video, though. The baseball season is ending. And yes. do you think that Shohei Otani, have you been paying attention to baseball at all? A little bit. I've heard that Vlad Guerrero has mm -hmm. taken over Nightwing. kind of the MVP conversation. It, you know what's funny is it, I don't understand how the conversation has changed. The one thing that Vlad has on Shohei, mm -hmm. he has one thing. And it's average. Batting average, yeah. But it's a significant improvement. It's, it it's, well, Shohei bats 260. Mm -hmm. And Vlad bats 320. That's a, huge, that's a huge difference. Huge difference. But Vlad doesn't pitch. Vlad doesn't steal bases. Vlad, yeah. I think, has five stolen bases. Otani has 25. The Angels Otani, make the playoffs? And the Angels are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that hurts um, him. That does hurt him. But Mike Trout's won the MVP and yeah. not made the playoffs. And I think this season that we've seen from Otani, you will might not ever see ever again. And for him not to win the MVP would be a, quite an injustice, I think. He is, his pitching stats could put him in the contention for Cy Young. Yeah, I think that's really like the deciding factor is because I was like, I looked at his numbers and I was like, because if he's a mediocre pitcher or whatever, then it's like, it's still yeah. impressive, but it's not as impressive. And I think when I looked, he was like nine and one with like a two. He, yeah, he's, six not, ERA. he's nine and one with like a two, two ERA with about a hundred. And 20 innings with like 130 strikeouts. Like he strikes guys out. He's had he had a string of like eight wins in a row at one point. And I just think that's so amazing. And and he may never do it again. To think this guy could do that every single year is crazy. And so to give him the MVP, not not give him the MVP because his team's not good. I mean, it's not his fault that Mike Trout missed the whole season. It's not his yeah. fault that the there's no pitching behind him in the staff. It's not his fault that, uh, you know, there were so many injuries to our team. It's just, I would say, that, between those. yeah, he's the only two way player in baseball in what, like a hundred years? Something like that. Like, I mean, I guess what Babe Ruth is like the last one, the, the last true one. Um, yeah. So, and I think you're going to see more guys like that. 
just like in the NFL, you're seeing this crazy athlete at quarterback when 20 to for the past 25 for 50 years in the NFL, there's been running quarterbacks, but not when every team seems to have a running quarterback. Like yeah. Tom Brady's the last of that type of quarterback. Don't him, you think? And Ro- him and Roethlisberger and Rodgers, but even Rodgers is pretty mobile. But like this Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, like this is the new quarterback. And in baseball, I think you're going to see more of these two-way players. Maybe not as good as Otani at first, but the Otani's a special athlete. And you're, there's already a kid for Cincinnati. And I don't know if he's hitting, but he throws 100 and he can hit. And he went, I feel like he went to Notre Dame High School. Hunter Green? It's possible, but is, he was this there. This kid, Hunter Green, so. in the Cincinnati Reds organization, I think is his name. I think he went to Notre Dame High School. He was a great hitter and great pitcher and he throws 100 i think they're gonna have him only pitch i just want to see more two-way players that's all i'm saying yeah i mean that'd be great but realistically the majority of agents are probably not going to want that especially when you can demand a contract for only one of those two skills like true but you when otani gets his contract whoever his agent is has an opportunity to get the biggest contract ever because you arguably are taking from both pots Right, you're taking from the hitting pot and the pitching pot. When yeah. you get Otani, you get an ace and a slugger and an MVP. I mean, that's a good deal. I hope he wins MVP. He should. He should. I can't wait. I mean, I love Vlad Guerrero and his kid, but Vlad <laughs> Otani wasn't Vlad. I saw a tweet. Vlad Guerrero is the MVP. He's the most valuable player who doesn't pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Because realistically, like, they had to make a separate, like, Cy Young award because, like, the pitcher is always the most valuable player. It's very similar to, like, the NFL where it's, like, it's almost always the quarterback because Correct. that's, they, they, by they, default, it is the most valuable position on the team. He's the guy that has the ball based exactly. on how the game is played <laughs> exactly. all the time. So, so yeah, I, I good luck, Shohei. Thank you for such a great season. I'm sorry that our team couldn't get you there really frustrating we're gonna end up we this is the lowest we've been below 500 the whole season because we've lost about six in a row after we were teetering at 500 and uh, we're gonna end the season on a terrible note that's a bummer it is so who's the best team in baseball right now i'd say probably the dodgers though the dodgers are top three i want to say the giants holy shit the giants have 99 wins I want to say the Giants just because the Giants have been the best team all year. Um, they have a, one of the best bullpens. Uh, Gabe Kapler is going to win manager of the year. Uh, it's really the three players that were around from the Giants World Series teams. It's Buster Posey, who didn't play last year because he chose not to because of COVID. And he's come back and had a, a, a an MVP-type season for a catcher. And he's sat every third day like he doesn't even have as many at bats but he's been the buster posey they need brendan crawford another guy from the giants world series team has been arguably one of the best shortstops all year and is in the running for mvp with his home runs and rbis and batting average and brandon belt who's been injured throughout the year is back and healthy he almost has 30 home runs so along with that and their amazing pitching staff which consists of gaussman and wood and de sclafani and they caught this kid, Logan Webb, that pitches in about five minutes. They got a great staff, great bullpen. They have all the components of a, a winning team, and it showed all year. Uh, can they do it in the postseason? I think they can because they have those veteran guys to get them through it. It's going to be Giants-Dodgers, 
and I don't know who's going to win. And I can't wait. And on the other side, I think, I think the Rays are so damn good. <laughs> I don't know why. They've made the playoffs like eight times in 10 years. The Rays like are so damn good. Uh, the Astros are freaking good. I want to say the Yankees make a run, but I don't know. They might not even make the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know the American League. I think in the National League, I'm pretty confident Giants, Dodgers. I know the Braves are going to make some noise. The Braves have done such an amazing job after Acuna went down. I thought when Acuna went down, who was going to win MVP? Acuna was on track to win his first NL MVP. And he got hurt. And I thought their season was over. I think so they were below 500 when he got hurt. They might have been. I know that they were going to keep trying. They've had such injuries on their pitching staff uh, and throughout the season. But when Acuna went down, I thought they were done. And the front office did so many great moves that I wish the Angels had a front office like that. That went out and got, I think they got Duvall. And they went out and got uh, some other players that I am forgetting at the moment. But they did a great job. And Atlanta, with Freddie Freeman having another MVP-type season, is going to be in some big games. They always have trouble with the Dodgers. But they are they almost beat the Dodgers last year, if I remember. And I feel like they're going to make it hard. But I just don't think they beat the Giants or the Dodgers. Can't wait. Oh, well. Love yeah. baseball playoffs. It looks like the Braves will be in the playoffs, though. Yeah, they already made it, I think, or they're okay. pretty close. Yeah, they're 80 and 70, and they're three games up with, like, 12 games left, so. Um, on Philly, right? Yeah. Philly's making a run, though. Bryce Harper is making his shot at MVP right now. Uh, I just don't think Philly has the pitching staff to hang with the Braves' pitching staff. Braves got some good young pitchers. Anderson's a good pitcher. Freed's a great pitcher. Charlie Morton's a great veteran pitcher. They're a tough out in the playoffs. So it's the three division winners and then and then two wild cards play for the one fourth. game. Okay. And that wild card team will go to I think the one seed or where however they set it up. So if the Dodgers don't win the division, they go to the wild card game against I think the maybe second the best the second oh. best wild card team would be the Cardinals or potentially yeah. the Braves. Dodgers Cardinals play a one gamer. And the Dodgers would probably throw Scherzer, which is tough. Scherzer's going to win the Cy Young Award. That was another immaculate trade that the Dodgers made. The Dodgers were kind of on the way down. They were like having a good season, but they needed a jolt. And to get Scherzer and Turner for a couple of their young rookies, literally one of the best trades ever. And Scherzer's going to win Cy Young. Scherzer's going to pitch that wild card game. They win. They go, I, I don't know if they go and play the Giants right away. I have to see how it looks. But I think Dodgers-Giants, one of those teams, makes the World Series. Well, it's looking like that. They have a significant lead over the next best team in the National League. So they've yeah. been the they've been the best two teams in the NL all year. So They have been. They and have been. typically those teams end up in the World Series. Yeah. They have a great bull, they have great starting pitching. The Dodgers bullpen is kind of been not as good, but they still have Kimmy Jansen. Uh, and and it's just going to be a great rivalry. If, if I would love to get seven games of Giants-Dodgers. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. I like playoff baseball, so I'll be watching. I know you do. You like the playoff baseball. I do. Because all of a sudden, like, it matters way more than it did for 160 games. <laughs> Every I, I, pitch. Yeah, I never thought pitch. I would be closing this show with baseball talk, but who knows what these shows happen? I gotta make my picks. 
I know. I I got I got to make sure at least I get it in for this Thursday night game so that like with the movie doesn't push me too far behind. I'm, I'm so embarrassed in of my performance in your little. I love league. I love the, this pick'em group now. I'm so happy. The first weekend, I just like forgot about it and forgot to even pick the first game. So already I'm behind the eight ball, <laughs> and then I just went through and like didn't take like I just wasn't paying attention. I'm like, oh, I figured it's that, and then I'm like, oh shit. Robert, Nick, and Jason are just picking all winners, so I guess I should pay attention. <laughs> and Kristen's picking winners. I'm in last. You are in last, but let's see. What are the standings overall? So I'm in first. You're in last. And then there's six games between us where everybody else is kind of scattered around. But in these pick'em leagues, like, everyone's picking the same winners, right? Like, even Mostly, last week, yeah. like, what, you had 12 and I had 10. But yeah. we picked a lot of the same winners. There's just one or two that are different. So you kind of have to find the one or two. Exactly. Like that, that Cowboys pick was a great pick. Yeah, and you got to get picks like that. Um, so, like, of course, I could just go through this thing and pick all the greens. And I'm sure have a decent thing. But I don't think I'll ever catch you guys. Even yeah. now. I know it's so that's how my strategy was, too. It's like I need to make sure that I get a couple of like the smart underdog picks in there. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And I, like the Cowboys were one. And in week one, that was only the thing that even kept me close was that I picked Tennessee to win and I picked the Eagles to win, which were both underdog picks. Um, so and yeah, Was like the, Washington bailed me out on Thursday night with that game. Yeah, I picked Washington. Oh, wow. The 49ers and Packers is 50-50. Yeah, that's interesting. I would, I would be surprised to see it like heavily in favor of one team or the other just because the Niners are 2-0 and and the Packers like look so bad in week one. But I'd say our track record against the Packers in Frisco since Kaepernick has been we've owned them. All right, well, take the well, Niners then. this weekend. <laughs> take the Niners then. The other I'll one look. is Giants Falcons 60-40. For the Falcons? Yeah, and then Saints Patriots is 60-40. Yeah, there's not too many pickums like there's Seattle not too many Vikings not too many toss games. Seattle Vikings 80% of people are picking Seattle, and I Absolutely. think that that's a game the Vikings can win. Definitely. After what I saw last week, it's definitely a game the Vikings can win. It's just a matter of, like, will they shoot themselves in the foot or will Seattle shoot themselves in the foot? Yeah, definitely. 97% of people picking the Cardinals. Makes sense. Yeah, but they're they're bound to lose, but that ain't going to be the game. 97% people picking the Ravens to beat the Lions. And I kind of think the Lions are going to be in that game. I mean, they should be, but... I, you know, the Ravens will have the best player on the field and possibility of a letdown after that performance going into a bad team. It's the morning game. Detroit hung with Green Bay and San Francisco in the first half. In the second half, the adjustments that the better coaches made. I don't even know the coach of the Lions. Obviously, the adjustments is not good. I don't know his name. He was an offensive line coach for the Saints, though, I think. I think you're right. But that's just the, the two second halves, they played so bad. The first half, they were great. And I, I feel like it would be the same in this game. Well, they scored 16 fourth-quarter points against the Niners, but they were down by so much it didn't matter. The Niners had pulled their defense. Yeah, exactly. Not only had they pulled Warner and, and Bosa and their starters, 
Verrett got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and Dre Greenlaw, who had a pick six in that game and eight tackles and arguably was defensive player of the week, got hurt. Yep. So that's why they came back and scored all those points. You never know, though, because you saw there was four teams that were heavily favored last week that all lost that were favorites. So I mean, the Panthers are 94%. People I mean, picking. yeah, I'm taking the Panthers. I don't, I don't, I don't trust the Texans. 97% taking the Bills. That's a closer game than that would indicate, yeah. but and then I think probably Colts Titans is ninety four percent people picking the Titans. Yeah, way closer than I would. If Wentz plays, the Colts have a shot. If Jacob Eason plays, and then yeah. there's, there's now even talk that Jacob Eason might not even play. They're going to go with the other guy because Jacob Eason's so bad. Yeah, and the Chargers, you know, may end up beating the Chiefs. That should be closer, but that is what's that one? 90 something percent for the Chiefs, 96. Uh, I think I might pick some Chiefs. I think I might pick some charges now when you know Jason's picking the Chiefs. You know, Robert's picking the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm trying to always pick, like, what's Robert going to pick? I know. I wait until it's like I do my actual research so I can see what's going on. I even talked myself into picking the Panthers and then I still pick the Saints and cost myself. Dumb. I feel like it's always good to go with the home team, but these road teams are winning. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, good to see you. You good to see you too. Thanks. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. We did like almost two hours. So. Nice. Good stuff. I oh, love yeah. talking football with you. So yeah. much fun. I don't think I have to edit too much of this one, thankfully. So I'll just yeah, wait for it to nice. download and throw it up there. Cool. Anytime you want to, anytime you need a guest, I'll, I'll come up. Cool. All right, man. All right. See you, Nick. Have a good All weekend. Right. Yeah, see you too, man. Good luck. <laughs> you too. <laughs> see you. Go, go, go Bills. Go, go Bills, go Niners. Go Bills, go Niners. That's It's got to be Bills, Niners, Super Bowl one year. Why not this year? It's it's in LA. So if, if not any other, the best. I know. Be like, that all right, would... we're going to max out some credit cards and let's go to this game. Would it be, you'd want to go. Wouldn't it be so enjoyable to watch just like together at like a party or like someone's big screen TV? Or you would want to spend the money and get in that stadium. I mean, I figure if our two teams made it to the Super Bowl and it's in our hometown while it's happening and we, we have don't to go. go, it's a mistake. I'm telling Jennifer, I'm like, get extra tickets for The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell them that The Rock needs four extra tickets and we'll all go. <laughs> all right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. See you. All right, man. Take care. Thanks once again for joining us. The Shiest Podcast is an extension of theshiest.com. If you like what we're doing here, you can help us out by liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff from wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.